Hello, and welcome to People Keep Dying, the podcast. What's, what, what do you say? Because I say something different, and I need to start saying what you say. No, we just go with whatever Okay, fine. Like. <laughs> fine. Let's try that again. Hello, and welcome to People Keep Dying, the podcast where we talk about people who die. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm your other host, Angela. And today is our Christmas special. Woo, and you uh, get to be depressed before Christmas. Yeah. So we can ruin your Christmas or possibly give you tidbits to avoid being slaughtered over the holidays uh, by other people who clearly uh, don't handle their holidays very well. My story is not going to give you that feeling of you could have done something about it. Uh, I mean, my story probably doesn't either, <laughs> but I mean, it might make you question some of uh, your... Don't trust anyone. Yeah. Don't trust yourself. Don't trust anyone. Don't trust anyone. Particularly people that already maybe be totally shit people. But yeah. And you know it. But anyways. Um, yeah. So this is our little... Uh, holiday special we decided to do the holiday episode before christmas because it's so close to christmas yeah because we normally upload on thursdays yeah so on the thursday it'll be the 20th so it's pretty yeah. close to christmas and it's clo- well i guess it's really not closer to christmas than the 27th but it's after christmas doesn't feel right yeah. can't post it after christmas yeah that's crazy like, we have a different episode for that then you may as well just be doing new year's which uh we're not doing a new year's episode we'll just like i already chose my murder it's too late now <laughs> it's too late we're going but anyways um what do you got going on for your christmas holidays just um family stuff just nick's family's coming over we're having christmas and then on friday we're having dinner with his dad for christmas so Mm -hmm. and then this is the first it's it's weird because i married into a a white family and you guys celebrate christmas whereas when as a korean catholic i definitely just went to church at midnight why is it gonna be white an hour (laughs) and i do feel that um I've never, I'm, every Asian person I talked to, it was just like, we don't have a Christmas tree. Like, why the fuck do I you mean, change to be, present? To be fair, uh, do Asian, are there even pine trees in Asia? I think there is. I want to say there is. I feel like but you maybe probably not, have different pine trees. pine nuts are really expensive, too. I'm pretty sure those trees are like our trees. I mean, trees. California fucking does it. And I guess there still is pine yeah. trees, actually. Oh, my God. There is pine trees. I'm crazy. Are there? Uh, I mean, I like. I have no idea. I remember there was one in my schoolyard, but either way, I know we didn't really celebrate Christmas because we had New Year's. I mean, it's and New Year's is way better than Christmas because on New Year's you get all the elders together and you bow to them and they give you an envelope full of cash, and then you end up with cash. That's probably better because sometimes you end up with shitty shit. Uh, and I really appreciate the effort you put in, but at the same time, I grew up getting cash as gifts. So I mean, like, I put a lot of effort into your gift. I loved my gift, <laughs> by the way. I fucking love it. I love random shit. Like, I love, like, boxes of, like, your stuff. And I'm like, yes, because yeah. it's, like, individual presents. Uh, for those wondering, <laughs> I literally gave Angela a box of my crap. It was leftover, like, sample packets of all the makeup that I've bought. But I did ask for it. Yeah, she did, she did specifically so. ask for it. So it's, I wasn't a total bitch about it. But gave her a box. Christmas, and that's yeah, what I said. Gave her a box of old makeup uh, samples that I just was like, I'll never use these. Here you go. Yes. Here's my garbage. And that's what I want. So. <laughs> um, I spent, like, 
hours getting samples online. So I keep getting like mail of random samples. Oh, I have like never done that. Oh my God. That's, that's my favorite thing. Effort. No, oh. no. I just, I buy something from Sephora and then I go and I get my three samples and then two I also, samples. well now it's two samples, yeah. but it used to be three. And I also make sure I get my little bonus gift of first spending like the $35 or whatever. I always make sure I get those. And then, uh, during the holiday season, not this year, uh, last year I did. I like, just make sure I maximize my samples from Sephora, particularly. Yes. Plus, I also sign up with other like be- monthly beauty things. And if anybody has signed up for any of those, you know, you get a lot of stuff that maybe isn't quite for you. Yeah. Despite the fact that it's supposed to be personalized. No. Um, I don't know why they just keep giving me the same pink eyeshadow because I've told them I don't wear pink you're very fortunate that i know someone who wears a lot of pink eyeshadow not me (laughs) but i do know someone who does i think it just it doesn't look good on me it's just my skin's too pink yeah to wear more pink i mean your skin's not too pink for anything you just do whatever the fuck you want uh no my skin is like it's it's my skin so i've decided (laughs) okay so uh my christmas holidays uh thank you so much for asking um (laughs) was will be spent uh on sunday i'm gonna be having dinner with my brother and his lovely girlfriend and then uh we'll be spending christmas with my partner's parents and um then that's it you'll have all the love of a dog oh yeah well we'll be waking up christmas morning with uh my my animals and unwrapping gifts and then yeah and then heading on out but uh no i'm really excited it's gonna be a really quiet simple christmas hopefully Mm -hmm. not too much uh kerfuffle and and all of that and uh then i can really just focus on new year's and prepping yeah. for the new year because i'm really excited for 2019 let's get to our story yeah let's get to our stories let's get on with it um mine's a real bummer i'm uh, like i just want to get through this because of how much of a bummer it is I, I apologize that i'm ruining everybody's christmas by telling this story but hey i think you know christmas what? murders are always worse because not only is it like a seasonal thing but i do feel like there's always more like more death during yeah. any of the holidays people get depressed and, and do you know yeah do you know what makes that worse what? is when it's a family annihilator oh no i think we have a similar story yes <laughs> no it's we, not we have the same we have yeah. different states but different states we yeah. made sure i'm, I'm also yeah. not recent and you said that yours was recent so today we are going to talk about ronald gene simmons and he was born on july 15th 1940 in chicago illinois to a william and loretta simmons uh and when ronald was just three years old his father died of a stroke in the following year loretta remarried a civil engineer in the u.s army corps of engineers and uh, because of that dude's job they moved around a lot Mm -hmm. and he had a a lot of exposure to like really tough strict upbringing uh because army men are like that especially back in the 50s and the 60s um when he was 17 he dropped out of high school to join the army where he would eventually be stationed in washington and he would meet and fall in love with his future wife Versibi Rebecca Ulaberry. Ulaberry? Newberry. And the two would get married in New Mexico on July 9th, 1960. And they would also end up having seven children together. Already Catholic. 
<laughs> no, they weren't Catholic. Uh, I so think that kids. he was just, um, he had a sexual appetite, I imagine. And, and no he, birth control. Definitely no birth control. And I don't really think that she was ever allowed to say no. So oh, one of those. Yeah. Um, he did have a really great career in the military uh, because strict people usually tend to thrive there uh working in multiple branches including the navy and the air force uh and he won awards for his service in vietnam and then he retired in 1979 at the rank of a master sergeant <laughs> it just sounds so weird <laughs> Um, but things aren't always as they appear uh because ronald was a total controlling piece of shit uh, he was super abusive and controlling to his wife, Rebecca, uh, and she was often seen around town uh, with bruises on her face and arms. Uh, she was never allowed to leave the house without him except to do laundry. Uh, she wasn't allowed to drive uh, on her own. Uh, he always had to be there. He kept the children on a tighter leash, uh, constantly bombarding them with chores to keep them busy uh, around the clock, never letting them participate in after school activities. Their friends were rarely, if ever, allowed to come by the house. But when they did, uh, the basic tone of it was he basically looked at people, get out. Like, when are you leaving? You're Aww. inconveniencing me by, by being, being in here. my house. Like, And he was always seen with a beer in his hand. Uh, he would spend a lot of time in this one really dark, dank room. Um, which to me, like when I first started reading, uh, about him sounded very like PTSD from, mm -hmm. from war. So I was kind of giving him, yeah. I was kind of giving him a little bit of leeway. Is it also his upbringing? And did he have a, yeah, yeah, probably a little bit due to his upbringing as well. I don't think that he was a very, um, warm fella. No. Um, and, uh, Sorry, Ronald, above all things, uh, super valued privacy uh, because uh, his business is his business and it's nobody else's business, right? And I sort of understand that to a degree. Um, I do, unless you're actually hurting someone else, though. If yeah. you're hurting a different individual, it's not just your own business anymore. Yes. Yeah. Um, so he used to also apparently like super monitor all the mail being sent to and from the house. He used to, they, because back in the day, he used to send letters a lot we didn't have email and texting what yeah uh, i understand so that might be hard crazy. for some people to understand like to remember but people used to write letters and he used to read them and uh he was just he was a very very controlling controlling person shit. okay yeah and in 1981 uh they were living in cloudcroft new mexico uh the people in the town started getting a little uneasy about the simmons uh, cause he was always drinking. He was staying in the tiny dark room. Like people were just, you know, rumors were starting to spread about how uneasy he was to be around. Um, and, uh, it also started getting a little weird because his 13 year old daughter, uh, started getting a little bit more attention than other people Ew. sort of presumed that she needed from her dad. Yeah. Uh, he was kissing a little bit too long, Ew. uh, in the mornings before she would go to school. Um, and, uh, eventually, uh, it, she, sorry, eventually Sheila admitted to a school counselor that she was pregnant and Ronald, uh, was the father. Oh. Um, and shortly after Ronald obviously was investigated, um, in fearing being arrested, he packed up and fled, which, uh, in my opinion, really just kind of proves that he did it. Yeah. Of course yeah. he did it. Yeah. Of course. 
Yeah. So they finally turn up again in uh, 1983, but now they're living in Dover, Arkansas. And the family has taken up a residence on a 13-acre piece of land that would later become known as Mockingbird Hill. Is he going to pass off that child as like... He wanted to. Um, He originally went to his wife and was like, "Uh, yeah, you're going to pass this off as your own kid. Um, And it's because they all live together. I don't really know if that actually happened. Mm -hmm. It was just they ended up finding some letters later on and the wife had had mentioned uh, that she was uncomfortable and felt really embarrassed about having uh, that he had asked her about that. And what they were going to do about the baby later on. That's what made her uncomfortable, not the fact that uh, got well, her pregnant. I, I mean, she was probably well. No, she was being beat. Like, yeah. like she was living in her own little hell. We're not. We're not. We're no. not shaming. I'm not the shaming victim. her. I'm just saying that it just seems weird that that's where she felt embarrassed. Well, no, it was just because like I'm sure she was embarrassed about a whole lot, but okay. I is it was just like she wasn't it made her she didn't want to have to pass off this baby because yeah. like people were gonna know that it wasn't hers it just sucks because like you can tell that from all these like stories like this that they didn't have a choice i mean people can say that you do have a choice you have a choice to leave but then when they do leave they end up getting killed so yeah. or they're homeless and then you know yeah, we have such like, a stigma against homeless people and homeless women who have and she has seven kids like where the fuck is she supposed to go yeah. seven kids some people, and she can't leave her kids there because she knows what happens to them yeah she can't leave the kids like so what choice does she have really it's yeah it's so unfair to just say oh she could just, it's yeah no it really really is so their home uh if you really want to call it that uh was constructed constructed from two older mobile homes conjoined uh to create one larger home uh and it was surrounded by a makeshift makeshift privacy fence of cinder blocks and barbed wire probably to keep everyone the fuck out uh because you know privacy and uh (laughs) because i wrote (laughs) oh my god Oh man, I'm such an asshole. I wrote uh, because no one needs to tell this dude where he can and can't stick his dick. Uh, the, it also had no telephone. Uh, that way that he could con- control like people talking. If there's no telephone, then they can't make phone calls when he's not there. Uh, can't call the police. Uh, and there was also no indoor plumbing. He used to t- make the kids fetch water every single day. Uh, and bring the water back to the house so that they would be able to have, like wash dishes and drink whatever and bathe. They like poop outside and then like yep. bury it. He used to make. He made the kids dig uh, huge holes for outhouses. They had two currently, um, or they had two, and they he was having one built. So Ronald worked a bunch of low paying jobs, uh, but he would be forced to quit most of them because he kept making sexual advances or sexual harassment Aww. remarks to his female coworkers and bosses. Uh, he would eventually get a w- job working at a mini mart and he would work there for over a year before quitting abruptly on December 18th, 1987. I want to make a very bold statement of saying that I feel like his father was the same way. And so he saw that and then thought his that stepfather, was, his stepfather was the same way. Yeah, so he probably thought that he could just get away with it. Yeah. There really, I didn't, couldn't find a lot about the father, but I mean, I would imagine having, I don't know why I just have this the stigma of like men from like the 20s to the 70s that were like 
uh, that were ever in the war or in the army in any sort of way or in the military. They were just very like strict, hard yeah. men. Um, Cause they went through yeah. like two and wars. And it was a different, it was back, a back different too. time. Yeah. Like love wasn't like something that, no. I mean, love, I mean, I shouldn't make presumptuous, but from what I understand, like it wasn't necessarily like, it wasn't the most important thing in a yeah. relationship in comparison to everything else. Yeah. Stability and yeah. having money and food. Cause they went into depression. So that's Pe- people beat their wives. Yeah. Like it wasn't an uncommon thing. For and then men when they to beat, beat their, their wives, wives and the wives complain, they'd be like, well, what did you do? Yeah. They would go to the police and like, it was a much different time. And it, it all stems from generational stuff. And we're now starting to like come like as a civilization or as a society, I guess we're starting to like work our way out of it with each generation, mm-hmm. but it takes a long time, especially because you're not, you're not catching it like always. And then no. you got to play out the trauma uh, of, of that, of what happened. Like there's a whole generational thing, but that's all, that's all stuff that I'm super into with psychology. Yeah. Um, you're the historical you study historical yeah. psychology it doesn't really say if he was forced to quit uh the mini mart job um like all the other ones uh but i have my suspicions that it was likely that and there was he was probably causing some issues yeah uh or maybe he felt like he probably wasn't going to be returning home uh back to work after the holidays that's true I, um, he had a plan he had a plan in place for for christmas I, yeah i feel like if he had a plan then he would quit mm-hmm. because what's the yeah yeah so obviously someone dies in yeah. case you didn't know I what mean, this podcast is about. yeah i mean <laughs> this is people keep dying um so on the morning of december 22nd 1987 ronald gene stimmons would start his christmas celebration early by bludgeoning and shooting his wife rebecca to death and then later that day, when his 29-year-old son, Ronald Jr., showed up to visit the holidays with their three-year-old daughter, Barbara, Ronald bludgeoned and shot his son, then strangled his granddaughter, and then tossed all three bodies into a shallow pit that Simmons had ordered his children to dig only months earlier for an outhouse. How fucking disgusting. Yeah. He basically, like, tossed them out like they were trash. And he made them dig up their own graves essentially yeah it was probably he had probably been planning it for, for a for, while for a point. while yeah um i have a theory on why it, i mean it gets worse it gets a lot worse but i have a theory on why everybody died in the order that they didn't they did so um again it gets worse because later on that day uh the school bus comes and drops off the three children the three younger children loretta who was 17 eddie who was 14 marianne who was 11 and becky who was eight and when they entered the house ronald told each of them that he had presents for them no and then he wanted to give them give it to them each individually so he lured each child into the back then strangled and drowned them in a rain barrel uh one by one and then toss their bodies. Into I wonder the how hole. was he able to get away with that? Because he did have two teenagers. So how did he like? Because he was an abusive. Like oh, so he's like I mean, like these are kids that grew up with a really strict father. So when your father says go to your fucking room and wait oh, for me until I can't until for you. I come and get you, I thought for you. some reason they were like all coming. 
He pro- I mean, once. I don't know, but yeah. like he said that, that he, want, he wanted to give like, them a gift yeah. one by one and then he that make killed sense. them one yeah. by one. Um, at least that's what it does. Yeah, that yeah. actually would make the most sense. Uh, so then he put those bodies. Well, he didn't put them. He tossed those bodies into the hole with the other two. Uh, after he was done murdering his immediate family uh, that lived with him, uh, he then reached out and invited the rest of his elderly children to come for Christmas dinner on the 26th. No. Because um, he wasn't fucking done. No. No. So he basically, so this was the 22nd, and he basically sat around his house with his dead family in the backyard for four days uh, until the 26th uh, in, in the afternoon when his son William, who was 22, and his wife Renata arrived with their 21-month-old son, Tay. So shortly after they entered the house, Ronald shot William and Renata, uh, and he left their bodies at the dining room table, uh, covered them with some blankets and their jackets. The baby was killed, uh, wrapped in plastic, and placed in the trunk of a car behind the house. Like, he was, like... He was pissed. And he was, like, Why methodical. Why was he so pissed? Well, I'll get to that okay. later. Um, Cause like some the thing must have triggered him so uh, hard yeah i'm not 100 percent sure what the actual trigger was because you don't really know when he started planning, planning the yeah, murder um but there are like they did end up finding some stuff that that they're like well this is probably the motive yeah but i mean in case you're listening to this and um you want to kill your family <laughs> kill yourself first and then yeah, decide I, after that if just, you want to do anything don't else. kill your family don't kill the babies don't kill yeah don't kill like, anyone yeah don't kill anybody but, but yeah. yeah a lot of people will be way less mad if you kill yourself in comparison to killing other people i'm pretty sure that's that's accurate right yeah people would appreciate that more if you've had this urge to go kill a lot of people don't <laughs> that's funny. yeah don't <laughs> Uh, then his 20, his now 24 year old daughter, Sheila, um, would be the next to arrive with her husband, Dennis, uh, McNulty. What, what did these like people marry into this? Is, this I is mean, it. Sylvia got out. Oh, she did. Yeah. Oh no, sorry. Not Sylvia. She, Sheila, his 24 year old daughter, Sheila. So she was the one that was being molested, mm-hmm. uh, that he impregnated her with a baby um maybe he was like i know that's a sick way of saying it but maybe he was a little nicer to her though he he did love her he was in love with his daughter um so maybe that's why she was at least that's what he wrote uh well he was very angry that she got married got married and that she married uh dennis mcnulty Um, maybe that's the reason why he and uh so yeah, and they also had a children, child together. So there, there was a very strong love hate relationship, which I'll get into yes. later. Okay, so so Sheila showed up uh, with her husband and their two children. So the seven year old uh, Sylvia, who is Ronald's child, mm-hmm. um, and their twenty one month year old or twenty month old son Michael. Poor uh, babies. Uh, Ronald strangled Dennis and the two children, and then he shot Sheila. Uh, but this time he laid her body out on the dining room table and covered her with a tablecloth, which is he, yeah, yeah. I, I think he loved her in a really sick yeah. way. I don't know because I didn't want to know uh, whether or not he did anything 
to her postmortem. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I don't, if anyone's but thinking she survived, about it, so I guess, no, 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 she doesn't survive. She's oh, dead. she doesn't survive. No, I, I meant like she got out of the house. Oh, like, sorry. She got out of the house when she like, she, she got away from him. Oh. Um, prior to this situation, I, I'm, I apologize. That was very confusing. I didn't mean to get your hopes up. No, everybody <laughs> fucking dies. This isn't people keep surviving. There like, could have been one survivor. N- uh, well, I mean, there's, there are some, but not in this family. Um, Okay, so yeah, so he gets laid around on the table for display. When did um, this all happen? What year? 1987. Okay. The year I was born. Uh, then, like any true psychopath, uh, he cleaned himself up, drove into town, uh, stopped by Sears to pick up some uh, gifts that he had ordered in for his family. Then he drove to a bar, uh, had a drink or two, stayed there for a couple of hours uh, before finally returning home where he would just sit around his house uh, for the weekend. With his um, daughter's dead body on the table. Yeah, just on the table. They were, spoiler, they were still there when the fucking police showed up. Ew. On the table. Like, he didn't even clean. Uh, the police said like, when the police finally showed up, they said that, like, there was so much blood everywhere that it looked like a waterfall of blood going down the stairs. It was, and I, yeah, it was it was terrible. I accidentally saw one of the crime scene photos, but then later on in the Reddit comments, someone had said that that was a crime scene photo for a different murder. Oh, okay. So I don't really know if I saw a crime scene photo, um, but it sort of makes sense because of the bodies that are on the floor and the age of the child that's also on the floor. So I think I saw the murder. It was it was gruesome. Um, okay, so then... Uh, on Monday, December 28th, two days later, Ronald gets into his son's car, drives to town where he purchases another handgun from Walmart. Then he drives to the Peel, Eddie, and Gibbons law firm where he shoots and kills the receptionist, Kathy Kendrick. Then he gets back into his car. Kathy Kendrick used to be a um, previous uh co-worker of his oh, okay uh i believe kathy was a girl that he had made advances to um and then was fired from his job or was forced to quit from his job so he uh, didn't get to complete yes. yeah so then he got back into his car drove to the taylor oil company uh where he shoots russell taylor but he only is wounded he doesn't die the owner of the mini mart that he previously worked at that he just quit while there he also shoots and kills uh he also shot and ends up killing jim chaffin who was a fireman and a part-time truck driver uh for taylor oil which just a person kind of walking by uh he's trying to kill as many people yeah he's he's fucking raging out he's trying to kill take down as many people as he can he's being a total annihilator he's shooting fucking other employees as he's walking out of the building luckily nobody else got hurt then he drove to the mini mart and shoots and wounds uh, his other co-workers, Roberta Woolery and David Salier. Salier. And David Salier. Then he got back into his car, <laughs> drove to the Woodland Motor Freight Company, where he tracked down his previous former supervisor, Joyce Butts, which, with a name like Joyce Butts, I'm sorry, Joyce, I really am. I can understand why a piece of shit like this would probably have made uh innuendos or unwelcome sexual comments because he's a fucking pervert joke yeah and it's an easy one to make um again 
Sorry, everyone with the last name Butts that you have to deal type of last name. with all the harassment that you receive based off of your name. He shot Joyce in the head and the chest, and luckily she also survived. He then took Vicki Jackson at gunpoint uh, hostage, uh, took her back into a computer room, uh, and told her to call the police. Uh, and then afterwards, he said, I've come to do what I wanted to do. It's all over now. I've gotten everybody who wanted to hurt me. Oh, uh, and then when the police arrived, he surrendered. He sh- didn't even have decency to kill himself. No. Did they publicly lynch him or hang him or uh, shoot him? Uh, yeah. Stone him yeah, to the, death? Yeah. Okay. I mean, he, yeah, he does. Okay. He does die. Good. Uh, but he, we aren't blessed enough where he got to kill himself. Um, but uh, on May 12th, uh, 1988, Ronald Simmons was convicted for the death of Kathy Kendrick and Jim Chaffin, which were the clerk or just like the random, not his family. They yes. were just the random, just the random people. That his for some his ex coworker, Kathy, and then just the, uh, unfortunate pedestrian Jim Chaffin. Uh, he was sentenced to death by lethal injection plus 147 years in prison, uh, depending which one came first. And uh, on February 10th, 1989, uh, Ronald was then found guilty on 14 counts of capital murder for the death of all of his family members. Uh, now, when it comes to the motives, uh, so they ended up finding uh, an undated letter in a safe deposit box uh, that basically indicated a very sl- a strong love-hate relationship between Ronald and his daughter, Sheila. Um, Ronald reportedly had said um, that uh, Sheila had ruined his life and that he was going to see her in hell and he would, or he would get, he had lost his trust in her and that he would see her in hell. Um, I'm glad that she ruined his life. Yes. Yes. Uh, She apparently, Sheila, he was also reportedly very angry that Sheila had married another man. And had gotten out of the house and gotten away from him and um, had a baby with him and now was raising like his child yeah, as well his as child. someone else's yeah, child. Someone else was raising his child. Yeah. Um, and also it, you also found out that Rebecca, his wife and her son had been corresponding uh, and writing letters about an escape plan because she was going to leave him Yeah, or the children were really trying to work on getting her to leave. And she was apprehensive. And I actually read one of the letters where she was talking about how like she's never had a job before. And we're like, we're talking about a woman who had been abused for over 20 years. Her entire, yeah. Like half hasn't her life. been able to do anything for 20 years. And it's like, what is she? It's easy to say like, yeah, get out and go. What do you do? Yeah. Where do you go? Like maybe you can't get a job. Maybe you can't go on welfare. A lot maybe of you're scared. Don't, yeah. Cause like she, she couldn't just leave the kids and not like she had like talked about that in the letters where she couldn't just leave her children there. She had to smuggle yeah. all of them out at once. Yeah. And it's a very big coordinated plan. And yeah. Where is she supposed to go? Mm-hmm. She has seven kids. Well, I guess yeah. not all seven at that point. Well, like no, five, but she has, but still, she has four. the four yeah. that are still living in her care. It's crazy. It's, yeah. And it's also like, you're dealing with a fucking madman who probably had told her on more than one occasion he that he would her. kill her and all of the kids if she ever left. Yes. Like, so, it is Ronald knew about these letters because he was reading the mail. Yes. So he knew that his wife she didn't was planning know to leave that him. He was reading the no, mail then. Oh no, wow. They didn't know that. Um so he 
Well, as far as I know, well, as far as I know, because actually I think that maybe they had caught, he had caught some previous letters um, and probably beat her up about that uh, because this was, she had given this particular letter to a friend to then give to her, to her son. Like someone was coming by like on the Thursday, I think she said. And uh, so she was hoping that they'd get dropped off in the PO box. So either way, I still, it was just more of a motive that he probably knew that his wife was trying to leave him. Um, And that his son, that his children were essentially doing that like they wanted to take his wife away from him they wanted to take his kids away from him they were ruining his life these ungrateful children it's all me 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 me. of course um so uh yeah the prosecutors provided letters from his wife rebecca to their son where she said that she was a prisoner and wanted to leave him um and they were talking about escape plans uh ronald didn't like that so much um and so after the judge ruled that the letters were admissible ronald then attacked john punching him in the face and then struggled to get the deputy's handgun uh and it was a whole mess because the letters basically uh also like proved that yeah no he was molesting his he was molesting his daughter yeah because they had the letter uh with sheila as well and um and he was probably like i don't want people like child molesters don't fare well in in prison no. i don't i also don't imagine it family annihilators farewell in prison but this guy clearly had like he had some issues uh so he was sentenced to death uh by lethal injection again uh for the murders of his family um on march 6 19 march 16th 1989 uh and he waived all of his rights to appeal however some other people um dr reverend lewis franz and jonas whitmore tried to appeal for him saying that like by like waiving his rights to appeal it would basically impact future um inmates where they also would have to like waive the rights to appeal or something it was something about future inmates i didn't really understand it i didn't care um, I don't care because he deserves to die. Yeah, so. like who fucking cares yeah. if he like doesn't get to his appeal to appeal the fact that he killed his fucking family? Yeah, like, but hey, there were Christians. They were probably whatever. So like they tried to appeal it, but the courts threw it out. However, the legal proceedings prevented Ronald's execution from being carried out at the original date. Um, and in fact, he was watching television and eating his last meal uh, when the news of his state when the news of his stay of execution was announced and but it 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 wasn't for very much longer because bill clinton comes in and saves the day uh he ends up signing a second uh execution warrant in june 25th 1990 and it was the quickest sentence to execution uh death in the United States history since the death penalty had been reinstated in 1976. Uh, Simmons refused all visitors, including legal counsel and clergy, and his last words were, justice delayed, finally be done, it's justifiable homicide. No family members came to claim the body. Of course, he Um, killed all of them. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, there was none left. Uh, so he was buried in a pauper's plot in Lincoln Memorial Lawn. Do we in have to Arkansas. bury them at all? Yeah, you do. See, here's the thing: because like in certain situations, like in war, when you have mass graves, you're yeah. not burying every single person. No, you don't. You so, just throw them all in a pile and then call it a day. I think it's just respectful. To I mean, why respectful? I personally think graveyards. Uh, well, I understand the personal 
sentimental value of them. I think they're a waste. I think it's a huge pot of land that you've now contaminated forever uh, for some bones. And why? It's all like religious purposes. Because I know yeah. that my dad for sure wants to make sure he has a burial plot. Koreans have to visit their dead relatives like five times a yeah. year. It's like a whole thing. I still want to become a tree. I think that that is the most logical. Yeah, be a next tree. Step. Like your makes that the most sense to me. Yeah, be so someone useful. comes down and cuts you, and then makes you into a house, and the house is haunted. Yeah, and that's great for me. Oh my yeah. gosh! I mean, it's really so, great. I just there's no downside to me becoming a tree. <laughs> but anyways, wow. so my story is more recent than yours, and it's closer to home for me because I went to school at Cal Poly Pomona. And this happened in Covina, California, which is like the, I think like a city or two away. And the city lines in LA are crazy. It's like you cross a street and you're in a different city. Yeah. So it's, it's probably like a five minute drive from okay. when, like where I went to university and this happened in like while I was in university as well. So, so it was I like your little hometown murder. Yeah. I sort of remembered his murder murder. Like I remember hearing about it, but I didn't realize, like, I just remember like it was, it was kind of a morbid joke for a while. Cause Santa comes and kills everyone. But after reading everything about it, it wasn't very funny. <laughs> Start there. Yeah. Mine wasn't very funny either. Yeah. It's, but, a, it's a depressing episode guys. We're sorry. Well, I mean, it's not our fault. Christmas murders weren't funny. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah. (laughs) So on December 24th, Christmas Eve 2008, Sylvia Ortega Pardo was at her parents' home for a Christmas party. And it's in Covina, California. Having just finalized her her divorce from her husband of almost three years a week previous, she had been staying with her parents and celebrating Christmas with about 25 of her family members. Damn, that's a big family. Yeah. At around, well, I mean, like, you get, like, the parents and then you get, like, uncles and aunts. And you also have, like, sisters and brothers who get married and they have kids, right? So if you yeah, have, I like, guess. four sisters and brothers and yeah. they have kids and, you know. I mean, when, like, I always thought I had a big family, but I had a really big extended family. But, yes. like, my family, like, it was just, I think there's only, like, two, 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 two. Like, it's just 12. Yeah. My grandma had six kids. So, and then all of her kids had between two to three kids. So it felt like a big family because of the mm-hmm. cousins. And I think that's why it was such a large family for this one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. So I'm going to get right into it. There's no filler in this one, unfortunately. <laughs> so <laughs> Mine's all filler. She's no, got I, I all the plastic the surgery. It's just the filler right. in the beginning. We there's like the none. fillers. We like fillers. Yeah. Fill it up. So at a, around 1130 p.m., Santa came in from the front door. Uh, the front door where? The front door of the house. Whose house? The parents' house no, that she's at. I mean, if you want filler, there's no, no, a no, lot of okay. it. No, no, no. It's okay. Right. Yeah. I'm kidding. So... The eight-year-old daughter of Sylvia's sister ran towards Santa, who shot her in the face. <gasps> oh, my God. They killed a baby right away? The little girl was got, gets injured but survives the incident. Oh, my God. What did he shoot her? Like, what kind of gun did he have? He had a nine-millimeter okay, really um, semi-automatic okay. gun. Okay. So she was very fortunate because, um, I mean, she wasn't because she is going – She like, after – 
all the articles I read, she's going to have to go through a lot of plastic surgery and recovery. Yeah. Because she gets shot in the face. It's it's a lot. Yeah. Especially at that young, you have such small little faces. So Bruce Jeffrey Pardo, Sylvia's ex-husband, was dressed as Santa and had on him a gift-wrapped homemade flamethrower in one hand and 9mm semi-automatic handgun in another, as well as three more 9mm semi-automatic guns on his person. So he had a gift-wrapped flamethrower in one hand and a gun in the other hand. Is this why you you asked me about my flamethrower? I'm not laughing. No. I'm not laughing. I should I should have gift wrapped that. <laughs> okay. So that is horrifying. It I is. Like, and it doesn't end does it doesn't mention like did they end their relationship like terribly? Was yes. it bad? Okay. He was very unhappy about it. And I'll tell you in the end, because obviously there's gonna be like, well, what was the motive? And it's gonna be their divorce is gonna be one of the big motives, obviously, because he goes after his ex wife. Yeah. So and her family and her on family Christmas and shot the baby right away. Like at least shoot one of the Well, she's well, the one who ran at Santa. How dare a little kid run at the guy dressed as Santa? Yeah. Right? But Way to make an entrance, I suppose. So Bruce got his point across. Bruce started shooting randomly at the guests with his first gun, and it's speculated that he made a pointedly executed some of the victims with the other handgun. I'm going to wait while Nick walks through the front door. What'd you get me? Drugs. Did you get lots of stuff? Did you get lots of stuff? Did you bring us donuts and pie? Did you bring dessert? We can't eat chips on the mic. They're loud. <laughs> Depends on if the cheese is I'm rubbery. Making parmesan, I'm making carbonara tomorrow, so I have to get pulled to get parmesan cheese. I am making a zaytar and feta tart for eat for dinner tonight. <laughs> I'm definitely I'm not even sure if I'm anything. saying that wrong. But anyways, so I'm going to wait for him to take his jacket off. We're still in our first episode, by the way. Gears were wondering. <laughs> yeah, I had a little bit of a breakdown before. Well, actually, no. Cause no, we just we, chat a lot. Yeah, it was six. We only, we were only, I only cried for 16. No, because I didn't record all of my crying. We just Never chatted mind. a lot, so it's fine. Yeah. You have to wait for him to put the cheese away. Because the cat will go in there and eat it's all right. the cheese if we leave it. You have next time to put the groceries away and all that. Hey, 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 dog. Hey, Penny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why? They didn't just have, like, a chunk of Parmesan cheese, even? Damn. 32 cents. Oh, we got got a new TV. Did you? There wasn't one in the garbage room. Oh. (laughs) We plugged it in. I guess we got a new TV. <laughs> so he has a new TV in the bedroom. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> have fun. That looks a lot more than just chips and cheese. That's what's in the pantry. <laughs> Our pantry looks like something from like a, you know, fucking like frat house. I just cleaned everything out of our fucking pantry. No, we eat so much candy. We got, we buy so much candy after Christmas. Oh, do you? <sighs> after Halloween. Sorry. Oh. After Halloween, we're like, candy's like dollar for, yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah, just, yeah. We'll fucking destroy it. And cl- close the door. Go in. Go with him. Da, 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 da. There you go. Hey, how's your app going? 
Um, it's almost done. Like yeah. he just needs to do like the last like making sure everything works, and after that, then we're gonna have to start working on like actually getting people using it, and it's gonna be a fucking mess. It'll be great. Mm. <clears throat> so, anyways, anyways, after shooting his guns. He unwrapped his present and sprayed the house with racing fuel gasoline with his flamethrower. And it was Wait. a homemade flamethrower. Wait, he sprayed gasoline, gasoline with, with the flamethrower? Flame yeah. So he, it's like, it's so like he a homemade squirted, device. So he, okay, so he squirted it before light. Yeah. That is horrifying. Yep. So, because essentially, no. Because wouldn't it just like flame back and then blow up in his hand? He didn't. Um, you 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 spray it first and then yeah, you yeah. shoot it out. Yeah, and that's okay. what because he created the, the flamethrower himself. Oh, what a piece of shit! Yes, in this decision made by Bruce, he would ensure that fourteen children would lose at least one parent during this incident. Wow! Because in between all the people that died, they would lose at least one or both parents. The children weren't there. Some of them were. So, okay. So police received 911 calls from Ortega's neighborhood. Come immediately. They're burning down someone's house. Some reported hearing gunshots. And when police arrived three to four minutes later, which is not that long of a time, but it is. No, but three to four minutes can be a long fucking time. You got a dude blowing fucking gasoline and fire everywhere in your house. It will be described uh, described as apocalyptic by lieutenant. The only family members that could immediately account be immediately accounted for were Letitia Ortega, who had managed to escape with her husband and eight-year-old daughter that had been shot by Bruce. So they were able to oh, get out. So they probably like once he shot her, they probably they, they probably the grabbed her. There. And, yeah, yeah. Because and he probably then started walking into the and house. shooting people. Yeah. yeah. Holy fuck. Well, I'm glad they got it. Well, no, one of them obviously goes back in because everybody loses. No, no. no. I just said 14 oh, okay. children in okay, general. Sorry. Yes. sorry. All right. So a neighbor reported that they had seen a car leaving the cul-de-sac at around 11.45 p.m., indicating whoever had done this was probably still alive. So he left? Yep. Okay. The bodies found in the house had been beyond, burned beyond recognition and would have to be identified by dental and medical records. So that's why it was so important to figure out which of the Ortega survived. And that's why they figured out, or Tisha, at least her family survived, which still sucks because she lost yeah. all of her siblings and her parents. And I'm sure she probably has to deal with a lot of guilt. Like what if survivor we, guilt? Yeah. Like what if you had gone back in, like maybe I could have saved no. someone, but it's also like, yeah, no, but you, you could have also you died. died and your daughter wouldn't have had a mother yeah. who survived. And I get her last quote. Cause she got to get to talk to Oprah about it. Cause Aww. this was a really awful thing. Yeah. The fire was approximately 40 to 50 feet and took 80 firefighters an hour and a half for the to whole house for the whole house. In total, nine people perished in that night from either gunshot wound, the fire or a combination of both. Yeah. So what it sounds like happened is he shoots Sylvia. He shoots you know, her parents and then he kind of randomly shoots at people. And I think people couldn't escape because they got injured from being shot. Well, probably he and it also sounds like he probably was still standing at the door. Yeah. So depending on the light of the house, like let's just say you walk in, you have a corridor and maybe like the living room is here. He probably walked in 
um, and then started shooting people. And the parents, because they they walked to the door too, right? Probably because someone rang yeah, the doorbell. And, they yeah. probably grabbed and ran out. People probably just couldn't get out um, based off of like probably where he was standing. And on top of that, if you get shot and you're injured, you can't escape either. And they probably ran over to the people that got shot too. Yeah. I mean. So Silvio Tregapardo died of gunshot wound as did both of her parents alicia and joseph ortega sylvia's brothers charles and james and their respective wives sherry lynn and Teresa ortega also perished in the fire sylvia's sister alicia and her son michael were also died in the fire and the youngest person who died in the fire was 17 years old and the oldest oh. was 90 oh, wow. so those who survived did so with some quick thinking and strong survival skills. By running out the back? Some, some of them did get injured during their escape. Okay. The 16-year-old who was shot and wounded in the back somehow was able to crawl out before the house was set on fire. And a 20-year-old woman jumped out the second floor window and suffered a broken ankle. But better a broken ankle yeah. than fucking dead. Yeah. I'll take the broken ankle. That shit heals. Yeah. But I mean, like, you... It was 1130 at night, so it's probably likely that some people were already in their bedrooms or whatever. Yeah, she so was probably upstairs. You, just, you hear the gunshot wounds, and some instincts tell you to hide, but I'm, I'm glad her instincts were, get the fuck out of here right now. Well, it was probably a lot of screaming. Yeah. Wow, that is a nightmare. And then you would, and if you somehow were able to hide away, guess what? He lights the entire house on fire, so even yeah. if you think to yourself you can hide from this gunman and like he's shooting at people then he sprays the house with the gasoline who knows how quick that fire started it starts so fast and where it started like in, well in I mean, 15 the place minutes knows, but, yeah done complete house gone yeah because so. like the neighbors called so the neighbors called and the house was already on fire yeah and it, yeah wow and it was and then they said that the car left at eight like eleven forty-five, and he was there at eleven thirty. so 15 minutes just hell yeah so bruce put on street clothes after an attack and drove his rented dodge caliber to his brother's house in silmore about 30 miles away wow his brother was not home so it wasn't like he was in on him this by himself he didn't have anyone oh, helping okay. him because i was about yeah. to say like uh did the brother know what he just did because he probably smells terrible yeah. but yeah his brother wasn't home which is why probably the reason why he went there Bruce seemed to have had an escape plan because he had bought tickets to Moline, Illinois, where he had a high school friend that he had previously um, called saying, I'm going to come visit you. And he had obviously previously visited him in 2008 as well. So, however, the Santa suit had melted into his skin during the attack and (laughs) could not be removed. Uh, Like all... Like, like a lot of it a lot just of it enough of it that he knows he's yeah. very severely injured and he's gonna have to go to the hospital yeah he's not escaping this one well at least he got a little burned so ditching his initial escape plan bruce jeffrey pardo would later be found in his brother's home from a self-inflicted gunshot wound oh because he was like you know what it's over for me so he knows so he just killed himself oh. at his brother's house which is really screwed up because it's like oh great now you have to clean like your brother your brother gets to find your dead body and then also has to clean up your fucking mess so relatives who returned home found his body police found seventeen thousand dollars in cash cling wrapped on his legs inside a girdle which is kind of weird but yeah oh my god he could have burned up that whole money too that i think he put it on after and then he realized you know what there's no point and then killed himself 
Because then if he like if it was on his body, I feel like the heat would have like fucking. Well, it depends on how much. Like I can under. It depends on where he was burned. Because if it was just his arm, yeah, I feel like it was his arms. It was probably probably because he was like squirting that fucking gasoline yeah, and, and stuff then he like landed that on his but hands. I it, I do believe a theory. If it is a theory, it's my theory now that he taped the money beforehand because he was just trying to. He was like, "I'm gonna go do this and then I'm gonna go get the fuck out of here." I yeah. don't think he planned to stop at the brother's house. I think the, he stopped at the brother's house because he was injured. Yeah, thirty miles away. Cause, yeah, but the thing is, like, it's not in the direction to of maybe- the airport. But I don't know. Well, maybe the airport, maybe the tickets were supposed to be like a throw off where it was supposed that's to what be like too. a red herring. Yeah, they were like, they were saying that it's possible that that's what he did. He had bought it as a red herring and he was going to escape somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, so that, you know, when the police show up to like and get he, him. He didn't want it, want it in, in his own house because if you go to his house, then he doesn't want to be found right away. This is in 2001? Eight. 2008. Uh, bro's not going to be able to make it through airport security no. with $17,000 taped to his body. But probably he's going to Mexico, like every fucking yeah, criminal like, does. No, he area. um no, I think that was a red herring, and I think he went to the brother's house because he was injured. Um, I wouldn't decided that there's no way he's going to be able to make it, so he just yeah, killed himself. Maybe I don't know. Also recovered were four thirteen round capacity handguns that were empty at least and at least 200 rounds of ammunition so i skipped a part right here where his rental car was found a block away from his brother's house mm-hmm. with remnants of a santa suit inside okay. and i think also inside were the handguns and okay. the 200 rounds okay. of ammunition the car was rigged with black powder which is gunpowder yeah so the car was treated like a threat by the bomb squad and they decided to fire uh like an incendiary device and burn it to destroy it because i think that they realized the car was booby trapped and as they were trying to take mm. it apart they were like there's no way and they just it makes more sense for them to blow it up in a contained oh, place man there was probably so much evidence in there that they destroyed but they don't need they, evidence yeah they, they don't know need what it. he did yeah, yeah true. At, at bruce's home police found five empty boxes for semi-automatic handguns two shotguns and a container of high octane fuel tank gasoline jesus christ how many guns does this dude have a lot because he had to escape and he was being he jesus was jesus christ he wanted to destroy i'd like to know like what happened before all of this like what caused I'm all of this shit there yes because man oh man that's a lot of fucking guns how does how anger. is anybody able to get that many guns you period there's gonna get so many guns in the states <sighs> it's it's just part of it how dude just, i can't even like get good any service here like <laughs> i couldn't think of anything so they also found a virtual bomb factory in his home that's how they described it a virtual bomb factory so which is probably the bomb that was in the car as well as investigators took a closer look into bruce's life to find a motive they found that bruce had no history of violence or criminal record which is why it's even more surprising this happened because it wasn't like he had been known to do he snapped is what they're trying to say but i don't know just because you don't have a criminal record just means that you never got caught being a criminal and smart criminals don't get caught his previous girlfriend didn't really say anything bad about him either i mean well give me all the information and let me form an opinion he had been fired from his job as an electronic engineer at itt electronic systems in july as he had been found to be billing for false hours um i don't you don't know you don't know anything about false hours right (laughs) 
what? No. <laughs> it was also discovered that Bruce had kept secret from Sylvia, a nine-year-old son, Matthew, who he, whom he hadn't seen since 2002. So he has another son that he hasn't told his new wife about. Like the one that, yeah. Oh, wow. So while Matthew was in Bruce's care, while his former girlfriend, Elena Lusano, went grocery shopping, 13-month-year-old Matthew had crawled out of the patio door and slipped into the pool. And you hear that a, a lot because yeah, no, you turn your back for a second. It yeah. And it's nobody's fault. It, but it's really, you you live with that guilt forever. Matthew was rushed to Children's Hospital in Los Angeles, which is like one of the top children's hospitals. Yeah. Where he would be in intensive care and further care for a few weeks. For the first week, Bruce never left Matthew's side. So he really cared. Like, mm-hmm. obviously he feels really guilty, but everything else while it was awful. Doctors would say that the severe brain damage Matthew suffered would confine him to a wheelchair for a life. Less than Aww. six months later, the relationship between Elena and Bruce dissolved, leaving Elena with about $340,000 in medical care for Matthew. Because yeah. you don't have insurance in the States. So... Yeah. So he... So she basically blamed him. She didn't, though. Because she, oh, she understood didn't? what happened. Okay. But she ended up suing his homeowner's insurance... Because he had a $100,000 homeowner's insurance and she needed the money to pay off the bills. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like she was vindictive in any way. She just needed the money to pay off her child's medical bill. And I think he also understand too. And I mean, like he was billing for false hours. So money was clearly a factor. He probably, I mean, I don't. I don't know what caused him to kill everybody because it sort of sounds like he was trying to. Well, this wasn't, it was his previous girlfriend. Oh, okay. So a special trust of $240 a month was also set up for the rest of Matthew's life, which uh-huh. obviously ended after Bruce. Yeah. You know. Once the settlement was reached in August, 2002, Bruce cut off all communication to Lena and Matthew and never spoke to them again. Never mm-hmm. saw Matthew again, was just completely done. That's interesting. Bruce would meet Sylvia in 2004 and marry her in 2006. The marriage started to dissolve as Bruce refused to open up a joint bank account and told Sylvia that she would have to financially provide for her three children with her own finances. I mean, dude probably is having some money issues and is already yeah. paying for uh, someone else's kids. This is all seems to be money issue related. Yeah, money's in, a problem. In June 2008, the divorce court had ordered Bruce to pay seventeen eighty five a month for spousal support because he had been making pretty good money as a yeah. you know consultant or engineer or whatever. It's interesting that he wouldn't open up the joint bank account. Yeah, it seemed weird. He seemed really weird about money. Yeah. And but then she was just like, "I'm not doing this," and so she divorces him because she's like, "I don't want to deal with you anymore." Yeah. So he had complained to a friend soon after that she had taken him to the cleaners, which is what you do when that yeah, happens. It's, you complain. It's what everybody says. Whatever. The payments were suspended after he was fired in July due to financial hardship. Yep. Because he lost his job. Yeah. Happens. The court also required Bruce to pay Sylvia $10,000 as a part of the divorce settlement, which mm-hmm. also happens. He would complain in court that Sylvia was living in her parents' house, not paying rent, had spent lavishly on a luxury car, trips to Vegas, massages, golf lessons, and meals at fancy restaurants. <laughs> and I'm like, she just sounds like this is all normal divorce. But it's also like, shit. was she? I don't know. Like, or is that's, he just that's, saying that's that that's what, what she's doing? In court, like, but yeah. there's obviously nothing that says that she actually did these things. Bring your receipts. 
bring your receipts, dude. And even if she's not going to fancy restaurants for dinner, why does it matter? She still gets that money regardless. Yeah, but I like I can understand I understand the argument of why do I need to pay this woman this much money and she's living it up because like but whatever. No, it doesn't matter. He's yeah. pe- like well at the she time we don't know deserve, that he was a piece of shit at the time. She certainly didn't deserve no. what she ends up getting. No, she doesn't. A reporter No woman does. Women are allowed to say no and, and women not are like you. Allowed to do these kinds of things. Anyone is. It doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man. Yeah. If you have to pay spousal support and the court tells you you have to, you have to. That's it. There's you know what? Or you, you could just alleviate the whole situation by just not getting married. Yes. If you don't you don't have to but I feel like I don't believe for a situation in this situation where like he was super loose with this money, then they got married, and then all of a sudden he was like, "Well, no, I'm not getting a bank account. You yeah. have to support your own kids." I so, feel like he might have presented himself differently, possibly a yeah. little, but I mean, a reporter like later speculated this divorce shattered Bruce Pardo. It became his obsession, and Bruce began to plot ways to get back at Sylvia. I think that he decided that he wasn't just going to kill her but he was going to kill everything that she loved and take it and wipe it off the face of the earth which is exactly what it sounds like yeah there was also speculation that the next stop after killing the ortega family was sylvia's attorney because i can actually see that he thinks that it's, it's an attorney's job right away by the way to be like a soul sucker that's their yeah. job that's what they study for that's what they go yeah. to school for yeah it's nothing personal it's money yes that's it's not personal it's money it's drag mm-hmm. in 2016 letitia um sylvia's surviving sister told oprah i can't do anything to change what happened i can only focus on the future this is what he's done enough i'm not going to allow you to continue to consume us with your evilness you don't want that anger to live within your day-to-day and grow just like it did with this monster yeah because that's no it's true she has every right to be angry she lost everything in that fire but then it's also like really emotionally exhausting to be putting all of that energy hating someone takes a lot yeah hating that person hating takes a lot out of you that's why usually i I can't hate anyone because it's so hard and this is the covina massacre which is what it's known as well, thank you so much for your story. Thank you for depressing um, me for Christmas. Yeah. You're welcome. I have like a million questions, but it's all basically like, like why? But I think he's just bitter and he, he didn't, that was it. Well, um, Merry Christmas, Merry Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever. You celebrate Merry Happy ha- Holidays. Merry Hanukkah. Merry Hanukkah. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah? No, that's not right either. Yeah, it is. It's Happy Hanukkah. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I know it's happy. Is it Happy Kwanzaa? <laughs> yeah. I don't, know. I don't know. Either way, whatever you celebrate, if you don't celebrate, that's cool too. Just yeah. enjoy everything being fucking closed on Christmas, I guess. But if yeah. you can get time and a half at work or double pay, good yeah. for you. Enjoy those. Get it. Get the, enjoy the, money. the extra holiday money. Yeah. Uh, if you. If you still need to buy gifts uh, between now and Christmas, um, go to the mall. Be kind to your customer service representatives. Yes. Uh, They would rather be at home with their family instead of having to deal with you and your shit on Christmas Day. Um, I hope you're here next week and you're not dead. Try to stay alive. Please don't Yeah, kill no your... family annihilators. No. Uh, hopefully, no family annihilators over this, this Christmas. Yes. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.